Hi, this is Ken Shorley. This is Global Radio, Episode 4, where we discuss or start discussing the music of Sub-Saharan Africa. So Sub-Saharan Africa refers to a huge chunk of the continent of Africa, everything below the Sahara Desert. And this is, I mean, it's almost 50 countries and apparently around 800 ethno-linguistic groups. So this is not one style of music. This is a region of the world with many, many, many different cultures and traditions and languages and musical practices. So clearly we cannot learn about all the different regions, so we will do a few spotlights. Okay. Um, music from what's called the Mande region of West Africa, which includes countries Mali, Guinea, Senegal, Burkina Faso. We're going to listen to and learn a little bit about music from the Shona people of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is in the south, sort of southeast part of Africa. And we'll also have time to enjoy some beautiful choral music from South Africa, as well as some very powerful drum ensemble music from Nigeria. Okay, I'd like to start by exploring some general ideas about the music from Sub-Saharan Africa. These are just some, some things very, very superficially which you can listen for, which are typical of traditional musics from Africa. One thing to listen for is uh, something which you could generically call interlocking patterns. Call and response singing is one of those things where you have um, a vocal part where there's a leader alternating with a chorus. So typically the leader will sing a line, the chorus will either repeat that line directly or will sing a repeating line, which is the same. So the leader is doing the narrative part of the piece and is backed up by a chorus. When we start listening to the music of the embira, which is in the West generically known as a thumb piano, there are interlocking patterns. There are often two distinct parts. Two different embira players will play parts that interlock. The kora is another incredible instrument. It's a 21-string harp from the Mande region in West Africa. And the kora is, is like an interlocking... It's like one person playing two parts. Many of the drumming patterns, when we listen to music from Ghana and djembe-oriented rhythms from the Mande region, Guinea, Senegal, and so forth, the drumming itself is full of interlocking patterns. Drum ensemble rhythms in, this, in these regions are made up of individual loops, basically, that all link to form one massive rhythm. So that's one idea, one thing to keep in mind when you're listening, is listen for are there interlocking patterns and how do they manifest. Cyclical form. Now this is something which is not specific just to African music, but it is prevalent in lots and lots of different kinds of African music. A cyclical form sometimes with variations. You can call these repeating bits loops. You can call them riffs. You'll often hear these patterns played on instruments. One little phrase that serves as 
the melodic structure and the rhythmic backbone of the music. So cyclical forms, listen for those. The idea of many layers at once. So when we're talking about texture, the density of the music, you'll often hear in African music, many things going on at once. I'd like to start by playing a piece by Ali Farka Toure, who is sometimes referred to as the godfather of Malian blues. Ali Farka Toure is a singer and a composer and a guitar player. The guitar has made its way into lots of music all over the world, and specifically in Mali, it has, it has really taken over from a wooden xylophone instrument called balafon, and a lot of the interlocking grooves and loops have been now applied onto the guitar. So we'll start with a little bit of Ali Farcature. So I posted an information sheet which has more details about the history and some of the specific features of Monday music and culture from West Africa. One of the terms which I'd like you to know is jali. And a jali in the Monday region refers to a specialized craftsperson, essentially a professional musician slash storyteller slash oral historian. And jalis will use words as the tools of their craft. They will encapsulate this in music, music which is designed to praise or to criticize or to record and remember significant events from the region. And jalis for centuries have had this role within Monday culture to preserve the history within music. One of the instruments which is associated with the jali or the griot in Monday culture is the kora. And the kora is 
probably one of the most beautiful sounds that I've ever heard, one of the most beautiful instrumental sounds. The Kora is a 21-stringed harp-like instrument. I'll post some videos so you can see it too. It's absolutely mesmerizing. I'm going to play you an example of some Kora music by probably the most well-known Kora player from Mali. This is Tumani Diabate. This is a quote from a friend of mine, Alex Atiol, who's an Afro-Canadian musician. He's originally from Sudan, and uh, now he lives in Halifax. He's lived there for a number of years. And if this was not a COVID-oriented class, I would have Alex in, in person to talk to you. This is a little quote that he wrote up for probably the last time I asked him to be a guest in a Music to the World class. And he says this, Music in Africa is used for a wide variety of purposes. Recreation, dancing, singing, drumming, and concerts. Rituals and ceremonies, and this could include celebrating the life cycle, tribal or national functions, medical rites, religious gatherings. Occupational, and this can include work songs, including those used for preparing food or for cultivation, like harvesting food looking after cattle, and so forth. Social purposes, childcare, storytelling, social games, parties. And language, drumming, and signaling, which are used to send messages. Music in most African communities is a part of most activities and is frequently combined with other art forms, such as dance. Music and movement are usually linked to each other. Thank you. 
We were just listening to the music of Umu Sangare, who is probably one of the most famous singers and composers from Mali in West Africa. And Umu Sangare comes from the Wasulu region. And the music that she produces and that other artists produce is sometimes known as Wasulu music. Um, I'll just read a little bit from her record company, World Circuit Records. The title of the album translates as Women, and many of the songs deal with her experiences as a woman in a male-dominated country. Utterly modern and at the same time respectful of tradition, this is a powerful debut. And the whole album, which is called Musulu, is just fantastic. Okay, Umu Sangare. We're going to leave the Monday region from West Africa and jump on a virtual plane down to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is in Southeast Africa, and we're going to focus on music from the Shona people and specifically an instrument. I, you will probably notice I'm sort of instrument obsessed. I do f- tend to fixate on instruments. I think for me, the sounds the textures of the instruments themselves often are the things that that intrigue me the most and and lead me to want to learn more about what the music is about or what it's saying or so the embira which is known by lots of different names kalimba is another popular name um thumb piano is the sometimes weird nickname that's given to this instrument Um, I'll read you a little bit from the liner notes to an album called Zimbabwe, The Soul of Imbira. The Imbira is an ancient African instrument consisting of reed or metal keys mounted over a bridge on a hardwood soundboard. I have a very nice Imbira, and I will make a little video so you can get an idea of what it actually looks like and what it sounds like. The Imbira commonly serves as a solo instrument with vocal accompaniment, but it can also be played in small ensembles. From the earliest times, the Imbira has played an integral role in Shona culture. 16th century accounts describe its use in courts, providing music for the praise of kings and for entertainment. To this day, musicians perform the instrument at a traditional religious ceremony called a bira, in which villagers consult their ancestral spirits and make ritual offerings to them. Although Mbira players are professional musicians, they commonly supplement their income through other vocations, which is just like it is everywhere around the world. Sometimes musicians oh, teach courses or are rice farmers or work at a gas station.
duet from two masters from the Shona region of Zimbabwe, Dumisani Marere and Efet Mujuru. The piece they were playing was called Chemutengure and was a piece that Dumisani Marere, also known as Dumi, would use to teach his students the basics of how to play the Mbira. Okay, we're going to move on to South Africa and to a completely different sound, a completely different style of music. This is a style which is uh, known in the West as a cappella, meaning voices with no instrumental accompaniment. And the group we're going to hear is a very famous male choir from South Africa called Ladysmith Black Mambazo. Joseph Shabalala, who is the, the founder of the group and the main composer for it, says that he composes music when his body is sleeping and his spirit is at work. Typically, the songs are written in response to what is troubling him at the moment. He said that he strives to address troubling situations by composing a new song. And these topics vary from love to politics to religious matters. The recurring theme throughout his music is the social and political issues pertaining to life for black South Africans. So let's hear a bit of Ladysmith Black Mambazo. <laughs> Ijabulele <laughs> Nayoke ikulisa bandwana bayo Ngobisi lwayo lumnandi Mizu ni matota Mizu ni matota Yose mama sale nkoko 
That was Ladysmith Black Mambazo with a piece called Yangiloma in Coco, which means the biting chicken. This is from an album called Songs from a Zulu Farm. It's interesting, we touched on this with regards to the music of India, and I think it's a theme that we'll keep coming back to, and that is cross-pollinization of influence. This form of choral music, which comes from South Africa, from the Zulu tribe of South Africa, has historical connections with European musicians who traveled to South Africa in the 1800s. Then this style of choral music evolved around the beginning of the 1900s. But the impact that African music has had on the music of North America is huge. Look at any genre of popular music that evolved in the U.S. Uh, Blues, jazz, rock and roll, hip-hop, gospel music, country music. All of these things owe such a huge debt to African musical sensibilities, African musical influences, African musical contributions. All right, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode now. I'll leave you with a little snippet from a wonderful musician, master drummer from Nigeria, who has the best name, Baba Tundi Olatunji. And this piece, or rather the excerpt I'm going to play for you now, is called Kori. I'll post the full version and all of the full versions of this music to our playlist. So until next time, happy listening. Korea, 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 Korea,